Hello, everyone. This is your self-love sister, and today I'm one with Lauren. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. We both have scleroderma, and it's such a rare disease, and me and Lauren want to keep spreading awareness for scleroderma. So, Lauren, where are you from? How old were you, and when were you diagnosed? So, I'm 22 at the moment. I am from London in the UK. And I was diagnosed when I was seven with Raynaud's and diffuse systemic scleroderma. That is so young. And it's such a scary journey, you know, going, being so yeah. young, going through that massive change. Oh, 100%. It's, it's so scary. And especially if you haven't got like loads of people around you or like a massive support network. I, I only really had my mum and it was the amount of family or friends that didn't actually believe me because I looked completely fine or I was just so young. If you don't have that massive support network around you, it just gets so lonely. Yes, it really does. No one can understand the unbelievable change that we go through. I was still the only one in my family going through scleroderma. Yeah. And that just makes it awful, which is why, you know, I opened up the Instagram because I was like, there has to be more people. Yeah. And I think it's also, it's so easy for, you know, our family, our parents to be there for us, but no one will really know what we're going through unless you have chronic illness and autoimmune disease, scleroderma. If you're not going through something very similar, it's hard for people to have that empathy and that compassion. Yes, it is a physical change, but it's also an emotional. Yeah. It's a lot more, I mean... Being so young and having this condition. When it comes to sort of like, you know, prognosis and things like that, like when they give you a sort of like date when you're going to sort of run out of life, I I somewhat don't believe it. I mean, I was obviously diagnosed at seven and I was told I wouldn't live past 13. And I'm obviously now 22. And I remember reaching 13 and obviously you turned up to my appointment and my mum was like, look, she's still here. She's, she's somewhat better than what she was. And I was like, well, her test results aren't great. We're now thinking more likely 15. And I remember looking into my doctor's eyes at 15 and they was like, we can't say when day is going to come. You might not live until you're 30. You might not live until you're 40, but you keep passing all of our days when we think that you're, it might be your last. So we can't say accurately when it, when it will be. So for me, I mean, I was given two years where I wasn't supposed to live past and I survived that. Yeah. And it's always um, this type of like feeling. I mean, when I was 21, I had two strokes and the doctors told me, oh, she's not going to live past 22. I was 22 walking in there like a boss. Like, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> yes, like the amount of like, it's just like you scared me for no reason because here yes. I am. Yeah. Like, I mean, when I was told at um, 13 that I wouldn't live past 15, I... I kind of went into like a shutdown sort of mode like my head was just kind of like well if I don't have that much longer to live then you know I'm going to pretend that you know it didn't it doesn't exist and I'm very open about this on my blog and on my social media that I did spend the best part of about five years in complete denial I stopped taking all of my medication I didn't turn up to hospital appointments I didn't want to know anything about it. I didn't want to know what it was doing to me. And for those five years, I acted like it didn't exist. Sort of up until I was about 18, borderline 19, you know, that was when I started taking some of my medications again and went to a few hospital appointments. And I had some I had some tests done and 
the damage that that physically did to my body by sort of ignoring it and not taking all my medication like I've I've caused a lot of my body to be damaged by that and I've caused a lot of the progression myself and I try not to have regrets in life because you know you you get to where you are by the path that you choose but that is definitely a regret that I have oh my gosh when you look down the road it's just like did I cause this and having scleroderma or any type of illness is hard enough but then when you kind of start to kind of like maybe maybe I could have been better I mean it doesn't help Mm -hmm. anyone when we have those thoughts no it, it really doesn't help anyone I think obviously like you say it's hard enough as it is and without thinking about what it what it could have been a what if scenario or situation stress obviously makes us worse and I think the more that we think about the what ifs of a situation it will just end up stressing us out and then it'll, that, that just causes us mayhem anyway <laughs> yeah I mean we can't change our destiny you know but we can kind of change our like our journey the paths that we take and stuff and I'm just really blessed to be like openly talking about it you know because yeah. there's not a lot of people that talk about it oh yeah and 100% I, and I'm so proud of you I, I think I've been following you since you were 18 and you know watching you grow and seeing how amazing work you're doing first scleroderma because I know it can be a very scary place yeah it's it's very scary and I think when I first did when I first ever did my first blog post it was just kind of like the introductory to my blog and then my second one was my full-on diagnosis I was sweating for about two hours before that was going live I was like sitting there with my mum and I was staring at her and I was like what am I doing why am I doing this and I was so nervous anxious about what people would would think and I was my mum just reminded me she was like you're doing this because you want to raise awareness you're doing this for a good thing and I was like yeah but what if people think I'm attention seeking like that's not what I'm doing I just want to raise awareness and it was like the people that won't will think that doesn't matter like if they want to judge you let them judge you that's not affecting your life the people that will support you they're the ones that are meant to be in your life and they're the ones that care and love you will always stick in my head because I am constantly thinking about people's opinions when I put something live on, say, an Instagram post or, you know, on my business side, my blog, you know, I'm always constantly thinking, like, what what will people, what will people think? What are people's opinions going to be? And I'm always worried about being judged about it. And I have to constantly remind myself the reason why I'm doing this is for a good thing. And that's all that matters yes oh I'm so happy you have such an amazing mom <laughs> and I can imagine that now you feel heard yeah so a lot of my followers are uh sort of US based I do have I have quite a few in the UK um I obviously have, I've told you before but there's only 21,000 people in the UK that have got scleroderma half of the people probably are not even diagnosed and it's obviously not registered so there's probably quite a few more but still compared to our population that's it's such a small amount it's so rare a lot of my audience like I say is American they are US based and I love them more it doesn't matter where you come from if you've got scleroderma if you've got a chronic illness and autoimmune disease I love you and the fact that you know you're going through like anyone is going through this it physically hurts my heart that people have to go through this like I know how much it has broken me as a person and I've had to pick myself up off the floor like thousands of times and to know that other people have to potentially go through the same and do that as well like it does break my heart because it is such a lonely condition and 
autoimmune disease life or chronic illness life it's it's not for the weak oh yes it's emotional mental so it's not only physical and I have to remind myself like why I'm doing this yeah and I find that you know on the days where I feel like I don't want to do any of my writing or I don't want to particularly put a blog post out or I don't want to do like social media content where it's the days where I feel emotionally drained or I'm in a flare-up that's probably when some of my best work is actually put out. And I think it's because it's it's more from the heart. It's physically how I'm feeling in that moment. And not to say that none of my other work is, you know, authentic or genuine. But when you're in the moment, you can literally articulate how you're feeling. I think you can really put down in black and white, you know, how you're feeling and how others might be feeling because you are going through it right in that moment. Yes, that is so true. You know, I film TikToks and some TikToks yes. like the way <laughs> the way the way that I record is like I record everything on the weekends, but sometimes I'll post something like, you know, no makeup, I'm just in bed. And yeah, that those are the ones that go viral. The ones where I'm not yeah. wearing no makeup, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I love your TikTok. It's it's honestly so it's got such a, like a happy vibe to it. Um, I actually shared it with one of my other friends who has scleroderma. And I said, uh, literally, just how much I love your vibe. It always makes me happy. Like, there was a day a couple of days ago, I was just feeling a bit down. I was just in bed having a bit of a movie day. And I was like, I just need to watch some TikTok. And one of TikToks, one of your videos came up. And I was like, it literally made me happy straight away. Just seeing your smile and seeing how vibrant you are. Like, you can just tell you're such a happy soul. Oh, thank you so much. That that means a lot. There's always something like, you know, when I post a TikTok and Instagram post, I'm just like, no one's going to see it. And then I talk to people like yourself and I'm just like, oh my gosh, she's seen it. <laughs> but it makes <laughs> me so happy to hear you that it makes you happy because that's always my intention. Yeah. What does your uh, day-to-day life look like for you? So honestly, it completely depends. I think like an average day for me is I'm... At the moment, I have just got a new job. So I originally started with a company before. It was my dream job. It was working in uh, IT and I was, I loved it from day one until I started to get sort of like discrimination against me because of obviously scleroderma and their excuses was that I couldn't do certain tasks that other people could do, but they never asked me. And then I found out that because of my condition and my disability, I was actually on a lot lower wage. And that's just, it was just, it was plain discrimination in just in plain sight. So I left that job and I decided to do Butterfly Blue full time. Um, I took the plunge and I was like, you know what? I have, so, there's so much that I can do with it. I do make money from it. And I was like, I just do it full time just while I can. Obviously, I was shielding for like the, p- the last part of the year. So I was like, it makes sense. I won't have to sort of travel for work or anything. In the last sort of five months, I started to fall out of love with it a little bit. I saw it more as work and I was looking more at the finances and doing my invoices, all the sort of boring sides of work. I wasn't enjoying it like I thought I would be. And my passion for it and passion for raising awareness just kind of vanished. And I was doing it because I had to. It was because I had to, you know, earn a living. I had to make money. It wasn't because I wanted to do it anymore. So I applied for a new job. I've got that one. I started about a month and a half's time. Um, and ever since I applied for that and I got that job, my whole passion for this, for, for raising awareness has come back completely. And I think it's just because, you know, a whole weight has been lifted and 
I know that I don't have to do it. So my day-to-day life will be changing. You know, I my day-to-day life at the moment, it completely depends on how my body is feeling. If I'm having a particularly bad day, I will stay in bed as long as I need to. Um, I completely let my body recover, rest. I will listen to my body. I won't force it out of bed if it physically cannot. Sometimes, you know, I struggle to go to the toilet and sometimes I have to get my mum to sort of help me up and down. Like fatigue is one of the worst things. Fatigue and pain mixed together. It's like hell. (laughs) It's horrible. Some days I can't cook for myself. Sometimes I can't eat by myself. And other days, I mean, I can clean the whole house from top to bottom, run loads of errands, meet up with friends, go shopping. Other days I can do normal things that a 22-year-old would do. And then other days I feel like I'm about 92. So (laughs) it really depends. It really depends what kind of day I'm having. Yes, no, I completely understand. Like before I used to be someone that loved doing everything by myself. And then when I finally got into that mindset of I'm allowing myself to be sick, because there are some days when I'm just in bed, used to feel so bad that I wasn't doing anything. But I'm like, surviving is productive a hundred percent and you know I always used to feel so guilty when I needed to rest or when I needed to stay in bed for those like two three extra hours I would always feel guilty for just watching tv or being on my phone and now the way that I look at it is as you know if I spend those few more hours in bed I can do so many other things you know the next day or the day after that that are going to be so much more productive than what I possibly could have done if I'd got out of bed and then pushed myself because I don't know if you'll be the same but if you push yourself too far you know and you try and do more than what you physically can I could be out for like a week and a half I could be stuck in bed and not being able to physically move from the pain like it's not if I if I try and push myself too hard, I end up feeling a lot worse than what I did originally. Yeah, no, I can 100% relate to that. And I think what annoys me is this is is when people use the word fatigue and they don't really mean it. It's like, oh, I'm really fatigued. But it's like, you're just tired. And then when you try and explain to them what fatigue really means, it's like, oh, well, I don't feel that I'm just tired. And I'm like, we've I'll try and tell you this. <laughs> It's just those words that just have become so common. Yeah. Fatigue is fatigue. If I'm just tired, I'll take a 30 minute nap, which is never, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. like I have to at least take like a two hour nap just to be uh-huh. successful. And I don't think I've ever woken up and actually felt refreshed. I think every morning I still wake up thinking I'm so tired. I could go back to sleep. And, you know, half the time, like if I wake up at like seven o'clock in the morning, I'll, I'll think like, you know what, I could get out of bed, but I'm still tired. And I'll wake up and I'll go back to sleep for a few hours. I'll wake back up and think I'm still tired. <laughs> and it's like, I don't think my body will ever actually have that feeling of waking up and feeling refreshed. Actually wake up not feeling anything. I think I would be yes. scared. Just because I've lived with it for so long. Yep. I was thinking about this the other day, like, what must it be like to, you know, wake up and not have aches or not be in pain, like to actually be able to, you know, go on a a walk with your family or your friends or go out shopping and not have to think about is there hills? Is there accessible toilets? Is there going to be anything that's weather wise that's going to affect me to not have to think about that to me is mind blowing. Yeah, we were giving this life for a reason because I guess we were strong enough to deal with it because it's not. Oh, God, no, it's not easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's definitely not. And yeah, like like you said, it baffles me just to think like, 
we think about so much things it's ridiculous and the average person is like oh I'll wear shorts and if I get cold I have a sweater I'm like no I have to take this I have to take this medication <laughs> oh and the other thing as well like what people don't think about is like holidays when people want to say that oh I'm going to this place for holiday and I'm like right what am I going to need to pack for this potential <laughs> holiday it could be yeah. really hot and really sunny but also it could be really cold I need double the double the clothing wear and then also I mean I would love absolutely love to be able to be spontaneous with trips and be like I'm going away to Paris for a week I'm going away to New York for a week I'd love to be able to do that but I have I mean I'm, I'm sure you're the same I have to get permission from my consultants I have to get permission to take my medication away it's not something that we can just do we can't do spontaneity like that I mean sure we can be spontaneous in six months time tell me <laughs> tell me in six months time I, I can do that I can't do like a week away next week. I can't like physically that would stress me out so much. Yes. You know what I do? If my parents or anyone want to plan a trip like that, I have to look where the nearest hospital is just yes. to make sure like if I get sick, I can't be like yep. in the middle of the desert. And it's yep. crazy that just the average person doesn't think about that, you know, like they can no. just plan a trip and go. I'm like, I need to check food qualities. Like I have to check hospitals like <laughs> I need everything. there's literally need so this. many things yeah exactly yeah. that is I, the main thing I think that's one of the one of the uh, blog posts I did recently I said you know life is tough and scleroderma has taught me a lot of things and one of them is to just be grateful like a lot of my organs are affected you know I am potentially gonna have to go on to sort of more nebulizers and my chemo will probably have to be upped and there's lots of things I could dwell about but one thing is that you know I am not as bad as, you know, some people I've spoken to. And while they might be older than me, they're still going through their journey and it's scary. And if you're if you're newly diagnosed as well, you know, it might not seem as bad for them, but it's it's still scary. And that's that's kind of what's been like the biggest lesson for me is while there's a lot to dwell on I'm thankful that I am still alive and I'm still here and I'm still able to say I you know scleroderma does have me and I'm not going to be one to say you know I know a lot of people will stand up and be like I have scleroderma scleroderma doesn't have me and you know what if that's their way of accepting it then I'm all for that I'm all for like acceptance for me scleroderma does have me and I'm okay with that I've come to the terms where I'm there's never going to be a point in my life where I'm not cured where I'm where I'm cured there's never going to come be a come a come point in my life where you know I can say that I'm cured from scleroderma and I've come to terms with that and I'm okay with that and I'm just thankful at this point that I am alive yes no, you said it you said I couldn't have said it better when people you know ask me they're like how can you be thankful or how can you always be smiling I'm like well, if I lay down in a bed every day and I cry, it's not going to make a difference. Yeah. So that's why I choose to smile. I mean, I think happiness and gratitude, it's a it's more of a mindset. Like if you choose to do it because it's yeah. not easy. A hundred percent. Yeah. And like you said, there's always going to be things to dwell on. But if we oh, focus yeah. on that, we won't do anything. We're not saying it's it's not normal to have down days. It's not normal to have days where you want to cry like there's two days ago I was crying in my bed eating chocolate like it's normal everyone's allowed to have down days we're just saying that you know every day crying about a situation that you physically cannot change you're wasting that 
valuable precious energy that you could be putting into you know gratitude and making yourself feel better yes what's something that helps you think about like the gratitude the happiness I love I absolutely love a bubble bath bubble bath some candles some relaxing podcasts music anything that will sort of reset my mind Mm -hmm. love I love manifestation I love crystals anything that's sort of like like that anything that will literally just reset my mind because whenever I get a bit like down in the dumps you know one of my old friends actually taught me a bit of a bit of a metaphor and a way to describe you know how you're feeling and think about yourself as a bath you know you're putting emotions in and that's all the water and you've only got that little one escape hole to sort of let things out every so often but it can only take so much and eventually your bath will overflow and that's when you sort of are having your cry and you know you can't get yourself out of that rut and all it is is your bath has overflown and you need to reset your mind you need to reset your feeling accept how you're feeling go through that emotion reset your mind and do what you do what you love I love bubble baths I love manifestations I love reading sometimes even if I if none of that works one thing I will do is I will reach out to fellow scleroderma people I will reach out to other chronic illness patients I'm friends with. I will sit down and write how I feel down and put that into a blog post because then even though it's technically, you know, raising awareness and it's not really resetting my mind, but in that moment, you know, and you put that out, other people are like, oh my God, I feel the same. And while you're resetting your own mind, you're resetting other people's. And I think that's important to sort of make other people aware is that you're really not alone. And I think when you're in those moments where you do feel down in the dumps or, you know, you do feel rough, you you go into that mindset of I'm the only one going through this. No one else feels like how I do. I'm so alone. I'm so isolated. When realistically, there are so many people that it doesn't even have to be chronic illness. It could be mental health, anything. And they are going through the exact same feelings as you. And I think sometimes you just need to remind yourself of that. Wow. I love that metaphor. And I think... That's one of the one things why I actually have the two separate accounts. Obviously, I have my own personal one and I have my butterfly blue one. And I, I, a lot of people ask me, like, why don't you just chuck all of it into one account? And the reason why I actually wanted to separate it was not because, you know, a lot of people automatically thought, oh, you care about what like people at home will think or your friends that you grew up with. And it's like, no, like at first, 100%, I was so scared of what people would think. Now it's more that, you know, my personal pages for when I'm, feeling okay I feel like I can have like a normal scroll through Instagram look at people's lives on those days where I'm feeling typically in my own head about my chronic my illness my spiroderma and I'm feeling like I want to look at other people's lives of a chronic illness sort of to regulate my mind and think you know I'm not the only one going through this I will go to that go to that Instagram page and I will go to onto that feed and I'll think look at all the other people that have got you know a chronic illness or an autoimmune disease and it really makes me realize, you know, that having that split and being able to separate the two, it's been mind blowing for my mental health. As much as I wish on so many different days and occasions that I do do have a normal body and a normal life, I have a normal life within the chronic illness community and the chronic illness community has never made me feel more at home. Everyone's amazing. Everyone's so nice. They're welcoming. All you have to do is shoot someone a message and be like, hey, I'm not feeling great today. Like, what would you recommend? Can we have a chat? Can I send you a few voice notes? Totally how I'm feeling. And when they do respond, everyone's just so lovely. 
everyone's so nice welcoming and honestly it's it's one of the best communities that I've found on Instagram yes I wouldn't look at the likes the followers anything like that I would look at the impact so the yep. messages that people would send me if I can get one person to listen to my message I've accomplished it oh 100 percent. and I think that's that's pretty much similar to what I've done on both on both my Instagrams is I've turned the likes off of I turn the likes and comments off of my personal and I've hidden the likes off of my butterfly blue one because the likes mean nothing to me. I mean, I could get absolutely zero likes and thousands of messages saying I absolutely relate to this. I could get hundreds of likes and not one comment. So they don't, to me, they don't, there's no correlation between them. I would rather thousands of messages saying to people, you know, I do relate to this. I do I do feel these, I do go through this, then, you know, hundreds of thousands of likes. Likes mean nothing. I don't know about you, but I have to see doctors like every other week for either pulmonary or rheumatology, hematology. I have a list, girl. I have a list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, it was always uh, every three months. Uh, I actually had, so one of my doctors that I saw uh, on Tuesday, um, it was the first time I'd seen her in four years. Uh, because of the pandemic um I hadn't had any telephone appointments I didn't have any zoom appointments as much as I absolutely am so grateful for the NHS over here I mean I couldn't couldn't even imagine paying for healthcare and we are very grateful for that however it has been shambles over here what through the pandemic their excuse for everything has been COVID and I'm not saying it isn't hard and I'm not saying that you know it's it's excuses but for it to be four years since I've had a rheumatology appointment, to me, that's wild. I'm supposed to have pulmonary uh, heart scans every three months. I'm supposed to have a lung function test every six months. And it's like, I've not had any for four, for four months. I haven't seen my um, gastroenterologist for five, nearly six years. Like, to me, that's wild. Yeah. No, especially with someone with like our condition that, you know, you have to do that. It's not like, oh, okay, I didn't get it. It's fine. Like we have to. I just had my PFT, my pulmonary function test. And oh my gosh, it was so hard. That's why I told you. That's when they told me like, oh, your lungs are only at 70% capacity. I'm like, okay, so what do I do about it? And they're like, oh, nothing, just breathing exercises. I'm like, what do you think I've been doing? Yeah. Exactly. It's like, we didn't already think of this. So Lauren, the final question is, what is your ultimate goal with doing your blog post and your Instagram post? My ultimate goal, so originally when I first started, it was simply just to raise awareness. I didn't think I would get anywhere. I didn't think, you know, I would be on podcasts. This is, so this is the only the second ever podcast I've ever done. Um, I'm so honored. <laughs> Um, so yeah so I think when I first started I genuinely had no idea of the scale that it could reach and now I I'm I'm still at a point where I don't know where this could go I would absolutely love for you know a a massive story to be published or you like a blog post to be published somewhere I would love to be able to you know be in some form of health magazine to raise awareness on a bigger scale or get on some kind of like news documentary I'd love to be able to raise awareness on a bigger scale while this while what I'm doing is amazing and you know having social media is one of the best places to raise awareness it's still 
in terms of raising awareness for something that is so rare, I I just feel like it needs to be on such a bigger scale. I will continue to manifest getting all the things that I want to do out. I will still continue to manifest it. Um, obviously I've got all my merch out, so raising awareness through through clothing and you know different decor, blankets, things like that. And twenty percent of profits from all orders always go to a Scleroderma Foundation, whether whether that's the Scleroderma Foundation in the US or our UK one, which is the SRUK, and that changes monthly, so it's kind of fair and split. Um, obviously, the Scleroderma Foundation is a is a lot larger of a charity than the one over here, um, but I like to keep it fair, and I obviously am in the UK, so I like to donate to our own. But you know, I do different things. You know, I'm always, I'm con- constantly in contact with charities and. I this year my main goal was just to raise more awareness and meet more like-minded people and you know just let people know that they're not alone and you know make people feel better about their journey I think when you're when you're first diagnosed whether you're whether you're a teenager a young adult or you know the older generation it doesn't matter where you are in that journey it is scary you're literally being diagnosed with something that is going to alter your life from wherever you're being diagnosed at and it's scary to go through whether you're alone or you have a massive support network and it's important to talk to people that have the same condition and that's just something I wanted to do I want to make sure that people don't feel alone and you know tell them that it's okay to talk about it's not something that you should push to the back I've done that and it doesn't end you anywhere but in a bad situation and talking about things are important and that's just a message that I've always put out I love it please let everyone know where they can find you your Instagram your your blog post and and as always I'll link them down below so uh my personal Instagram is Lauren E Harvey with two wires and my blog Instagram is butterflyblue.uk and that's also my URL. So it's butterflyblue.uk. God, I'm so happy that we connected and that you were willing to go on my podcast. This has been something I wanted to do for a while. It's crazy. It's always the people that I followed for the longest that I'm just like now <laughs> bringing on to my podcast. Yeah. It's crazy. It has been. Yeah. It's, it's been a very long time coming, I think. <laughs> Yes, especially because I'm your second podcast. I'm so honored. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. So if you need help or you have scleroderma questions or anything, we are happy to answer them. Yes, always. Have a great afternoon, Lauren. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. And you have a fabulous day.